BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And for today's current mood combo, I'm so excited to be joined by Corinne Fox. She's an actor, producer, writer, activist. She has her own podcast. She is Jamie Foxx's daughter. I'm sure you've heard of him, but she's her own woman, you guys. And I'm absolutely obsessed with her after our current mood combo. Her podcast is called Am I Doing This Right? And she's also an ambassador for NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness. So we're going to talk about, obviously, mental health awareness because it is still May. And I really wanted to pick her brain too about just certain like things she struggled with, like obviously anxiety, but she is a producer on this awesome documentary about endometriosis. And I feel like it's something a lot of women don't really know as much as they should about. And I'm saying that just because I personally don't. And I feel like there's been a lot more awareness being spread on social media. So I really wanted to kind of talk about that as well. And she's just such a down to earth girly girl. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this current mood convo. I thoroughly enjoyed it, honestly. But before we dive into that, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week is being spontaneous. And I was realizing, because I told you guys this last week, that like we don't wait around anymore. When you want to do something, you just do it right? You're just, you don't wait for a perfect time. You don't put it off, not in a procrastination way, more so like, remember last week we talked about like, oh, should I save this TV show for later? Like, should I go grab this thing now? Kind of those like weird little things. I don't know if anyone relates to that, but it's basically just like kind of acting on your initial like thought and like gut feeling and just doing, right? The reason I bring that up with spontaneity is because since I do that, it's allowed me to like really live in the moment, get things done. And then when something else comes up, I'm able to say yes. And it doesn't mean I have to say yes to everything. It's more so like, for instance, I got a text saying like, do you want to come to Nashville tomorrow? Right. And since I don't put things off and I'm just doing everything, like when I feel like doing it in a sense of I don't put it off, I was able to be like, yeah, let's do it. Like all I have to do is X, Y, and Z. And like, I can get on a plane and I've never been able to just say yes and not be stressed and kind of be excited and spontaneous. It's honestly pretty out of character for me, but I think that's why it's my best mood because it's like, A, I'm proud of myself in a sense of I'm trying new things. I'm acting on my instincts. I'm getting things done and I'm able to do even more that way. And that includes fun things as well, not just like work and responsibilities. It's like, yes, I do those things too. Like for instance, I even thought like, oh, maybe I'll record the intro to this podcast. When I get to Nashville, I'll bring my mic. Like, yes, I'm bringing my mic anyway, because obviously work from home. But I was like, okay, I have 45 minutes. I can totally get this done right now. I'm just going to do it. And 
I guarantee you like tomorrow or whatever day it is, I'm going to be like, oh my, oh my God, I'm so glad I just kind of like did it, you know, because then I'm able to do more things and I'm able to experience more things and get more things done, say yes. And I'm really just like vibing with it and having a lot of fun doing it. I think it makes work more fun. It makes responsibilities more fun. It makes just life more fun. So whoever thought I would have the best mood of being spontaneous, but here we are. My worst mood this week was realizing I haven't really spent a lot of time alone because like I kind of said, I've been spontaneous. I've been doing things. I've been saying yes. And it was this really weird feeling where I had like 48 hours, swear to God, Saturday and Sunday where I had zero plans. I could technically make plans. Like it wasn't kind of this like FOMO. I have nothing to do. I want to do something. It was more so like if I really want to, I could maybe see if so-and-so wants to hang out or so-and-so wants to do this or go to my mom's or just something, right? Like a little bit of social activity. And I just realized that this is like the first weekend I haven't had any plans because we've had a crazy kind of spring so far. So many people are getting married. There's so many things to do. Like we're young, we're wild, we're free, we're living in Chicago. And I realized like, okay, I really don't have anything I need to do socially these 48 hours. So I'm going to like go to Target. I'm going to go walk around. I'm going to clean my apartment. I'm going to go to container store. And so I definitely distracted myself with a little bit of errands and not in like a negative way. Like I definitely wanted to do those things and needed to do those things. But I had that kind of little feeling in the back of my head, like, should I be doing something? Should I ask someone to, so to hang out? Am I going to be okay being alone? Is this too much time alone? So it was kind of a worse mood in a sense where I was, it kind of just made me a little bit, I don't know, just eh, like that feeling like, oh in a sense of like, wow, like I really haven't spent any time alone with myself in a really long time. And so the good part of that worst mood and like feeling kind of uncomfy is I pushed myself through that uncomfortability. It was like, yes, this feels a little weird. Yes, I'm kind of scared to be alone. afraid that a lonely feeling might creep in and I might get anxiety or something like, you know what I mean? When you're kind of future tripping, I'm like, am I going to be okay? And it's so silly because it's so simple. It's literally just a weekend alone, you know, and being like, I don't have FOMO. I I, I don't need to do anything. Like I I can do this. And I've just realized like how much I kind of depend on other people and how much I truly enjoy being around other people. Whereas for a while, I definitely was very kind of almost isolating myself. So I think the worst mood was obviously that like uncomfortability and like slight fear, but I definitely pushed myself through it because I knew that like obviously spending time alone with yourself is so important. I think it's a really important part of healing and building confidence and being the best version of yourself, being comfortable being alone and spending time with yourself. I think a lot of us are afraid to spend time with ourselves. And I think it's obviously, like I said, really important. By the way, I was editing my own podcast last week where I usually don't. And my whole family and friends make fun of me because I say important. Like literally that's how I say the word important. And I was editing it and I was like, oh my God, I said that on the podcast. Fuck. But I'll try to enunciate, but there's like certain words I say that are just so bad. I say important. Um, So there's that. I don't know if anyone noticed, but you're welcome for bringing attention to it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can be absolutely overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. Literally such common signs of over hustling, going after things that don't fulfill you, all the things we talk about in our current mood combo. And 
guess what every single guest and me tell you to do? We literally tell you that therapy is the best thing for us. I have experienced so much burnout in my 20s from working too hard because yes, that's a thing. You can work too hard, sorry, and just focusing on the wrong things. And so therapy for me has really taught me how to prioritize, how to, like I was literally just saying, spend time with myself, slow down. And that's because my therapist guides me and listens and really helps me find the tools to be able to do that. We associate burnout with work, but that's not honestly the only cause. It's really any of our roles in life can lead us to feel burned out. And BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing the stress in your life. So even if you're like giving too much in a relationship, like you're doing too much for your significant other, you're trying to fix all the dynamics in your family, maybe I'm speaking from personal experience, but I'm going to keep it vague just in case, you know what I mean? But it's true. Like it's not just work. It's really like I give so much and I focus so much on other people in my life that that's why the focusing on myself, prioritizing my mental health is so, so, so important. Cause if I don't, I will do all of that for everyone else in my life. You can't save someone else until you put your own oxygen mask on girlies. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You guys, this is so easy. Mood listeners also get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash mood. That's betterhelp.com slash mood. Mental Health Awareness Month, baby. No time like the present. So let's talk about mood boosters this week. I really did love my mood boosters last week. Honestly, a mood booster for me right now is that I'm dropping my merch this week. It will be live on shoplornelizabeth.com tomorrow. And I just filmed this awesome like little thing to kind of show you guys. A, it made me proud of myself that I actually executed it because I had the idea like before I was going to sleep. And sometimes I do that and I don't execute on it because I'm a piece of shit, whatever. And I actually did. And I was really proud of myself, but I was realizing how many fucking amazing mood boosters we have, because obviously we have the mood booster Tumblr, uh, coming to the website tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, let me like fill it up with all these different things and like maybe make a reel. And so I'm filling up with like the peak tea for digestion, the Saqqara drops, the athletic green drops, the symbiotica charcoal. And I was like, wow, we have like so many awesome little concoctions of mood boosters. Like we needed this tumbler and that's literally not just me promoing it. Like that's genuinely how I feel. I, I like, I don't, I don't know why I would have to explain myself. You guys know that like, I don't fuck around, but so I'm really excited obviously about the merch coming out because it just brings our community together and it makes me really happy. And then also one of the newest things that I put in the tumbler that I'm absolutely obsessed with is like I said, the symbiotica stuff, they're going to be a sponsor on the show. Um, so maybe like hold tight for a second. See how honest I am. You guys, Oh my God, the authenticity is like, is just rolling, rolling is just fucking, I don't know. It's going into the microphone. So symbiotica, I think I'm saying that right. They have all these little like pouches of kind of not like they're not gel. It's like liquid, but like a little bit thicker, nothing crazy. And they have a charcoal one. Well, the ones I have is the charcoal, the magnesium, the vitamin C and the green, the superfood greens. And what you can do is you can either, either put it in your tumbler, mix it with water, or you can squeeze it directly into your mouth. And they are like a little bit flavored. None of them taste gross, swear on my life. And so what I do 
when I'm like literally rushing, I just literally squeeze them directly into my mouth. And I'm literally obsessed with all four of them. I think they're absolutely genius. I can't wait to learn more about the brand because I was like looking at their website and I was like, wow, this stuff is legit as hell. Like this is awesome. And so I'm really, really obsessed and they're such, such a mood booster. I don't feel like I've seen anything like it before. Like I don't think I've ever seen any charcoal. You can just like squeeze into your mouth for a detox. Um, so start looking into that because I think you guys will really be into it and dig it. Also my next mood booster, you guys, maybe it's like, in execution. I, that sound, that word sounds weird, like in that tense, but I was talking to you guys last week about flowers and guess what I did? I went to Jewel because I'm a savings queen and I got all these flowers. I got new vases from Target. So I also am just really happy that I executed on that. And the flowers, you guys, such a freaking mood booster. The sun is shining. You need to go put flowers in your apartment, go get a cheap vase on Amazon or Target. I'll link some on the at mood with Lauren Elizabeth account because I've found some really, really great ones. And then my next mood booster is obviously you guys, I've decided to stay in Chicago. I kind of told TikTok and then I kind of told Instagram, I'll do a whole episode explaining it, a solo episode when I'm back. And I decided to sell my house in Los Angeles and stay in Chicago. So obviously there's such a long explanation and that, like I said, will be a solo episode, but I'm so, so, so relieved and excited, ecstatic. Like I feel, I can't describe it to you guys. So I'm just going to wait to the solo episode, but it really did help me kind of settle in to my apartment, decide what I'm doing. And I went to the container store and you know what? That's a mood booster because I've decided I am going to just live in the moment and living in the moment requires being sane. And when you have OCD, you need to fucking organize. So I went to container store. I got literally two cute little things. I'm staring at them right now. You will see them on my Instagram. And I put all my Symbotica pouches in there because I didn't want all that shit on my counter because that would drive me nuts. And so I'm really excited just for like the next steps of organizing to really share it with you guys to really get like nitty gritty and just kind of like be combined Chicago Lauren with like the home decor or organized obsessed Lauren. Um, I feel like I'm really just like fully coming together and it's such a mood booster. It's such a great feeling. It's almost, I mean, technically it is a best mood. So yeah, I'm just like really excited and really happy. And I have all these little mood boosters in my home and I just feel very, very grateful and I don't know what else to say. I'm just going to stop you guys. Literally every day we hear about how our morning rituals can change our day. But have you ever thought about your evening rituals? Everyone talks about the morning. Everyone's like, CEOs wake up in the morning. Allowing ourselves to transition time to wind down both our devices and our minds in the evening allows us to stop our racing thoughts and drift off to sleep naturally. Power your day by powering off at night. Corinne and I actually talk about this in the current mood combo. So this is perfect for you guys. I'm so good at my job. I need to stop singing. So I'm partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus and curated music tracks. So you can rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. They have stuff for children and adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. If you go to calm.com slash Lauren, you'll get a special offer for 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. So it's a fantastic deal. Over a hundred million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Hello? Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. 
I'm absolutely obsessed with calm. It's the only meditation I've ever done. No, no cap. It is the only thing I can get myself to do. They have short ones that really are just super, super easy. What I do is, especially when I'm like laying out in the sun, you guys know I'm summertime Lauren. Now I can just do a 10 minute one laying out in the sun in my AirPods. It is amazing. Cause you're like already laying there, you know, and then it gets you ready to kind of be like, okay, that felt amazing. Now I'm going to do it before bed. And that is like when I was going through a really, really, really hard time after my first breakup, that is the only way I fell asleep. Swear on my life. So for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer for 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Lauren. Go to calm.com slash Lauren for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash Lauren. Okay, guys, let's jump into our current mood combo with Corinne Fox. You guys are going to absolutely love her. Here she is. Obviously, you already brought up Mental Health Awareness Month, which here on Mood, we love. And I saw that you're an ambassador for the National... Alliance I, I, I just mental call it, illness. I just call it NAMI all NAMI, the time yeah. that I'm like in my brain, like I didn't go to college. So I'm like, hold on. I can't call it by the acronym. But how did you kind of like, before we dive into all like the incredible just like projects and stuff that you do, how did you kind of get aligned with being very outspoken and an ambassador for mental health? Honestly, I feel like it it came to me. NAMI reached out to me in 2017 to just support one of their campaigns. They didn't know that I had anxiety. And I was like, yes, of course, you know, just like an, as an influencer. And I said, I'd love to support your campaign, but I also want to work with you on a deeper level. I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder when I was 14, and I've been struggling and figuring out what works for me ever since. And so if I partner with you, I want it to be in a real and authentic way. And they were like, absolutely. Um, So the first thing I did with them in partnership with them is I wrote an article for Refinery29, which was kind of like my coming out article because at the time, even in 2017, People weren't really talking about mental health. It wasn't like self-care Sundays. There weren't like brands that were doing all this stuff. Um, So I was terrified to write that um, article. I was afraid of being called the C word, which is crazy. Um, But when that article came out, I was flooded with people that I knew and didn't know that were like, thank you for writing that. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with bipolar disorder, all of this other stuff that came out. And I was like, wow. People are craving conversation. A hundred percent. And I think, like you said, 2017, it feels like a lifetime ago in the mental health space because anxiety was just not a word that people were comfortable talking about. I think there's still a lot of stigma around it. And there's just because it really is this journey where you have to figure it out for yourself. There's no really guidebook for especially 14 years old. Like, how did you even kind of get to the point where you started to go on your own journey to figure out your own anxiety. Yeah. Um, I remember being 14 and sitting in my English class and my palms were sweaty. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was having these irrational thoughts that a plane was going to crash into the building. And I just knew like <laughs> there's no way everyone else is sitting here and feeling this way. And it got so bad to the point where I didn't want to go to school at all because I was just having these symptoms. And for whatever reason, and to this day, I really don't know what compelled me to go to my parents because when you're 14, that's the last people that you want to reach out to. Um, But I did. And they hooked me up with a therapist. I've had the same therapist since I was 14. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm 28 now for reference. So I'm about to be with her longer than I was without her, uh, which is (laughs) starting to get scary. Um, But, and I love her to death. 
But yeah, and then I was just going to therapy for so many years, but I didn't want to tell my friends. I didn't want to tell my peers because I just felt like the odd one out. I didn't know that maybe other kids were struggling with this. And so it really wasn't until that opportunity with NAMI that I talked about it publicly, which is like all I do now. So it seems crazy to think that I went for so long not talking about it. Yeah. I mean, in high school, it felt like just almost like a weakness and like you're not strong enough to just get through the day and you're a baby. Like that's definitely how it felt for me. And I haven't had the same therapist for as long as you, (laughs) but I have had the same therapist for so long now that like I almost get anxiety about like, I always go, are you going to fire me? And she's like, what are you talking about? Oh, I've been like, there. Already you been know there. what I mean? I'm like, you're like, I'm I like, need you're not you like, too much. I'm like, you're not like ever leaving me. Right. But which is why I'm curious too. Like, how is it for you? Like traveling and being so busy and like, even throughout the pandemic where we just couldn't go in person, like, how have you kind of like kept up with, you know, your tools and therapy sessions and stuff throughout all the craziness? Yeah, I have been pretty good and religious about speaking with my therapist. And I I, I don't know, I'm not bothered by Zoom therapy. Um, Mm. I was having to do it when I was in college anyways, because I was away for college. So I was doing it on FaceTime. So I was used to it. Um, But I feel like I fell more into a routine with my mental health during the pandemic because I had the time to. You know, I could really, you know, I have this whole practice in the morning where I meditate and I journal and, um, you know, do all these things. And now I was like, oh, wow, instead of doing it for 10 minutes, I could do it for 30. You know, I have extra time (laughs) now. Um, And so I think now I'm trying to get it back in my life now that things have picked up. And I'm like, okay, I can't sit for as long as I used to. I can't do this very elaborate mental health routine. What's the shortened version so that I can still have it in my life? Yeah. And it's, you know, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And when we jumped on, you said you're in Ireland right now, which is just insane. (laughs) I mean, this is, I mean, this is definitely the coolest place a guest has ever zoomed in from for sure. And I just am thinking of like, me getting off a plane where you are and even thinking about doing anything related to my mental health or work just makes me feel like you're definitely kind of light years ahead of me and being a competent adult, but that's fine. We're I fine. don't think so. I appreciate the compliment, <laughs> but I definitely don't think so. Um, but no, I mean, um, we actually don't shoot for like four or five days and I made oh, sure nice. to come early before anybody else, because I said, I have to get on the right sleep routine. It's very important for my mental health, my physical and my mental health. I have to have time to adjust, to get settled, to do my mental health practices, things like that, so that I can show up to work and go to set my best self. Whereas I'm shooting with my dad, and he doesn't need all of these things. So he's going <laughs> to pop in right before we shoot. He'll come from the airport straight to set and he's going to be fine. But I know myself and I can't do that. Yeah, it's it's really is like knowing yourself and it's almost like creating boundaries with work life and social life and just taking that extra time in the way that you need it is really smart because people think that since it's work, it is so much more important than everything else that you don't get to kind of find that time because it's work. It's how we pay our bills. It's the purpose of our lives. When in reality, how are you even going to do a good job on set if you didn't really have that time, you know? Yeah. And I want to reiterate that it's an incredible blessing that I can do that. I know there's so many people that work nine to five jobs that don't have the luxury of being like, I'm going to come in a few hours later so I can do my meditation or whatever. So I I understand the privilege in being able to do that. Um, And so, you know, I I feel for people that have to 
you know, look at their schedules in the very limited time they have to take a moment for self-care because it is tough. Yeah, definitely. Which is kind of how you said too, like during the pandemic, you had like even more time and then you had to shorten it down. And it's like, at least you're not getting rid of it completely. It's like even like one little moment, if you could just like take a deep breath before you go into work is so key, you know? So it's definitely a blessing to be able to have even more time. But even just those little moments are like, so 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 important and you'll think a plane isn't coming in and crashing in the right middle of and, and, exactly exactly <laughs> it really is um i started meditating in um my senior year of college and it completely changed my life and i used to think that meditating was like sitting on the ground and like levitating above and like you know having this really big experience but i realized it can just be 10 minutes a day it could be five minutes a day it could be three minutes a day and i think the american work culture is so go, go, go that you realize I haven't even sat for three minutes by myself, like three minutes. And when you do that, you realize like it's so much relief comes from it that it's actually very sad. You're like, wow, like if I sit for three minutes, so much clears up for me. So even that I feel like makes such a huge impact. A hundred percent. What type of, what type of, uh, meditating do you do? Do you do like guided like on your phone or something or what's your practice like? Yes. I learned meditation on Headspace, um, in 2016. Love it. I still use the app. Um, and yeah, it's these guided meditations, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, but also if you don't want to pay for it, YouTube has great, great meditations on there. Um, There's this one that I've listened to a hundred times. Her (laughs) name is Life by Lucy. She's incredible. And they're free. And you just, they're like 10 minutes. And I love doing that as well. Yeah, that's like literally a meditating hack right there. And I do want to talk to you about your podcast because the title is Am I Doing This Right? And that's just kind of like probably one of the biggest thoughts I have crossed my brain throughout an hour span every single yeah, day. Yeah, wait, how old, are you? how old are you? 27 and three quarters. Okay, okay. I'm 28, newly 28. So yeah. <laughs> so we're like literally the same age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel you. Exactly. I had that same thought going through my mind um, after I graduated college and I realized, okay, there's all these things in adulthood I was like supposed to know, but like nobody taught me. Like what, what's going on here? <laughs> like legit. And like you'd think that just because like you went to college and like your dad's nearby, your mom, and you're just supposed to like know everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, I get so mad. I'm like, no one taught me exactly how to do my taxes though. Like, is this really my fault? No, exactly. And and there's, I can get into, I mean, there's like systemic issues where we should be teaching high schoolers how to write a check and how to do their taxes and things like that. But also I just think I realized when I became an adult, all other adults are pretending. Everyone's been pretending oh, yeah. this whole time that they know what they're doing and they really don't, except for my mom. I will say that because she'll kill me if she hears it. She's like, I know everything, Corinna. <laughs> but you know, most of the time people are just like faking it till they make it. And so I started the podcast with my best friend and I was like, let's just have the two of us go through these things that are so confusing. We'll both have wine and we'll break it down. So we do taxes, we do mortgages, we do, oh um, we just did life insurance, which I did not know. We're supposed to have. If you don't have it, you're late. I'm late. The fact that you're even talking about it with your friend is like mind blowing to me, let alone the you telling me I need it, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, all these things. I didn't know that until we do the research for the episodes and then we're like, oh shit, we were supposed to have life insurance. Like this is how all these systems, like health insurance, we went through that. But we're drinking wine. So it's not like a TED yeah. talk. It's not like you're listening to some 
old white guy you can't relate to. It's supposed to feel like it's you and the girls. This is how you would talk to your best friend about it. Like, I don't know this. What does it mean? What, what are you even talking about? So it's very layman terms. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. It's, but that's kind of like what we need to actually get it through our freaking brains because I don't want to watch – some old white dude talk to me about it. I could just go to family dinner and do that. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. And like, that's why I literally drive my own car to family dinner. So I can leave when that conversation starts and go watch Real Housewives. But that's what I like to call personal problems. And so how did you and your, like, is your, your best friend from college or just in No, life? my best friend is from summer camp when I was 14. Oh I know. I know. We went to, my mom would call it, Kid, uh, camp for weird kids. She dropped me off and she was like, oh, this is where all the weird kids go. Because it was like a actor filmmaking camp and it was all okay. like, the, you know, the oddballs who couldn't go to regular camp. Um, but me and my best friend just clicked immediately. She didn't live in my area, but we stayed in touch all this time. And then I had this idea for the podcast and there was like, of course, I'll do it with her because this is, I call her all the time. Like, am I doing this right? Like, are you, I, what's going on? <laughs> and then it's like, let's start a podcast. So speaking about acting and all that stuff, you've been producing and acting and I guess, like you said, summer camp. So obviously like it runs in the family, but was it something that you kind of always knew you wanted to follow in the footsteps or were you ever kind of like, oh, maybe since there are footsteps ahead, I want to be like, be crazy and do something different. Yeah. So I had a lot of pressure from a young age to get into the inter entertainment industry. Um, for anyone listening, my dad is Jamie Foxx. And, um, you know, I had people that told me not to go to college. They were like, hey, you can go straight into the entertainment industry, you can get on a TV show, you can make millions of dollars. And I was like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. My big rebellion was like, I'm going to college. And they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no other kid says like, that's their rebellion. But for me, oh, it yeah. was. I was like, no, I want to have my own experiences. I want to, if I want to enter this industry, I want to do it on my own terms because I truly love it. Not because everyone's telling me to do it. Um, and so I went to college and once I graduated, I was like, okay, I'm ready to make this commitment and this decision, but it wasn't something um, that I took lightly. And both my parents are so passionate about what they do. My dad's an incredible entertainer and actor. And my mom is an accountant. She also loves what she does. So I wanted to love it. I didn't want to just do it because you know, I could. Yeah. And you've been producing stuff with your dad, right? Yeah. We produced a Netflix TV show uh, last year called Dad Stop Embarrassing Me, which uh, you can guess by the title is inspired by my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, it was it was literally my diary come to the screen. And we took all these crazy stories of my dad, like scaring my boyfriend and, um, you know, showing up to my cheerleading game and like, too tight of clothes and just things like that dating younger women and all these things that like were so humiliating to me as a teenager and we made episodes out of it and it was the most fulfilling and cathartic thing ever well I just love that like every single thing like if you were to do just like a little like resume of you it's like everything stems from like genuine kind of like authenticity and like purpose it's not like oh, I just want to act or I just want to produce or I want to talk about anxiety because now we're talking about mental health and the world we live in. It's just like everything genuinely has like such authenticity to you. And it's such a, I'm sure, more meaningful career and enjoyable. I think it's such good advice just for anyone to be like, you can actually make things happen from the things that you genuinely enjoy. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. That's so sweet. Yeah, I really think I just looked at my parents and the way that they came home at the end 
end of the day from working was just, they were so lit up. My mom would just, mm. I'll give, she's an easier, she's a better example because my dad has a, a fun job from the out, outside, but my mom is an accountant. It is my worst nightmare to sit around and look at numbers all day. But my mom would come home and be like, I'm so happy. I saved this family so much money. They really needed it. And she felt so fulfilled and lit up by it. And I was like, that is sounds like the worst job in the world, mom, but I'm so glad you found it because you love it. And so I just, I felt the same way about my career. I was like, I want to light up like she does. Of course, my dad absolutely loves what he does. Um, and so I was just like, why would I do something I didn't actually feel like I was called to do? And a lot of it too is my advocacy work. I love working with NAMI. Um, we lobbied Congress together. And I think that was like the highlight of my life. So, um, you know, I, I feel blessed that my work isn't just acting and producing, but also, you know, being an ambassador too is something that's really important to me. Well, and it's like, I know you said your dad like has such a fun job and like loves it, but like there are so many other examples of, you know, kids with actor parents or just people in the entertainment industry that it's totally like the dark side of it, mental health, addiction, like all this stuff. And so it really is refreshing as someone who lived in LA for a decade to be like, oh wait, like I forget that I'm talking to someone that like grew up in this situation because being an outsider, like I'm from the Midwest and I moved back to the Midwest like in the past year. And it was just people would literally like ask me where I'm from. And I'm like, I'm literally just from like normal land, like like not LA and like talking to you, it doesn't feel like you're from a like acting entertainment family at all, which is a compliment. No, no, I I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, I have two things on that. One, I wanted to, what was your experience of living in LA? Because I think LA is the worst place in the world. (laughs) Well, so, um, spoiler alert, I left, I moved back uh, to Chicago, but it's interesting because I think that like since for me, since I was like raised in the Midwest and I, all I, you know, I had no, no, no other option of just like, let's try to be successful. And if you fail, you fail. It wasn't like, I'm going to social climb and like do all this. And I just like tried everything and I was able to kind of like filter out as much bullshit as possible. But like, there does come a point where you're like, okay, I have found like the select few good people and the select few things I like about it. But like, ultimately it's not like the best place ever. So like, why am I trying so hard to make the most out of a shitty place when I could just like go somewhere else? Does that make sense? No, 100%. I mean, I'm from LA. I, I love my friends. I love my family, all of that. But I am always so flabbergasted why anyone would move here. Like, there's just like <laughs> the type of people that come out here, I feel like are always trying to come up and you're, you're not sure how genuine they are. There's no like easy way of transportation around the cities. Like It's just none of it makes sense. I'm like, what are we doing here, you guys? <laughs> like this is I only live here out of necessity. If not, I would probably live wherever you do, you know, like, um, yeah, it's an interesting place. But I will say to go back to your point on growing up in the entertainment industry, and there are a lot of, you know, other kids, it's weird to call myself a kid, because I'm an adult, but um, children <laughs> of, you know, celebrities that kind of go down the dark path. I think for me, what happened is I went the opposite, where I felt like, because everyone was looking at me, and because everyone had eyes on me, I was not gonna mess up. I was like, I struggle and I still do with like extreme perfectionism. Mm. Um, I never, I didn't even curse until I was like 15 or 16. And my best friend was like, you have, like, you have to say something. And I was like, no, like, I wouldn't even say stupid. I would be like, that's a bad word. Like, I was just so in my head about how people perceived me. And so that was something I worked on in therapy because I was like, I just don't want to 
you know, embarrass my dad. And it wasn't like my dad was putting anything on me. My dad yeah. messed up a whole bunch. He's, you know, Mr. Party, um, Mr. Good Time. And so it was just myself, you know? Some people's brains are just wired different. Let yeah. me tell you that my mom is listening to this right now and being like, you fucking wish you were like her in high school. Like, <laughs> you know, like you were at, you, your mom dropped you off at weird kid camp. My mom dropped me off at Saturday detention and brought the Dean a coffee, but li- we're both here. I mean, so it's totally fine. One thing I do uh, want to ask you about though, that I saw on your Instagram, which I realized I've never really talked to anyone about on the podcast is you posted about the Netflix documentary endometriosis. I believe. Oh yeah. Below the belt. Recently. Yeah. So can you, so you have endometriosis? Yeah. Is this correct? Yes. Do you? I've never talked. No, I've never talked to anyone about it. And I feel like as like a woman, like the way that like my brain just worked, not even being, being able to get words out of my mouth. Like I should be able to like know what it is and be like, Oh, tell me about your experience. Like, but I feel like it's like also something that's just now being talked about. Right. It is. It is. Um, I was diagnosed in 2018 with endometriosis after suffering for probably about five years with pretty bad symptoms. And it took me about six doctors to get an answer. Um, But one in 10 women suffer from endometriosis. And that's just the amount diagnosed. My theory is that there's even more that have normalized their pain. I know like three or four of my girlfriends that have these terrible periods. And I'm like, hey, I think you might. They're like, no, no, no. It runs in my family. This happened to my mom Mm. and my sister. Like we just have bad periods. And I'm like, exactly. Like it's genetic. (laughs) You probably have it. So I I think that number is way higher. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know if you know what it is, but it's essentially when the um, endometrial lining um, in your uterus grows in other places in your body. And so when you have your period, you have intense pain because you're not only shedding that lining, but you're also experiencing the pain everywhere else that it is. Yeah. And so- Well, see, like I wouldn't have been able to give you that definition. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, I know that like people like it's in my mind, if you were like, okay, what's the definition? I'd be like- it is when you have really, really bad periods and a doctor probably can't help you. Like that's like my definition as of right now. That, that's honestly fair enough. Um, and that's <laughs> the gist of it. And anyone that's experiencing, who's listening to this, like extreme periods that are keeping you away from work, from going to school, anything like that, it's not normal. Um, and that's like kind of my big push is like realizing what's normal and what's not. When we're taught in fifth grade, like health class, like, oh, like periods hurt you don't know what degree that's supposed to be. So for so many years, I was like, yeah, my period hurts. Like I'm in bed, I'm throwing up. Is this normal? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's not. Um, But uh, I've been working with the Endometriosis Foundation of America. They hooked me up with um, the director of this film, Below the Belt, and we're EPing this documentary with Hillary Clinton, which I'm very excited about. Is that like how like that's just like the most insane thing that can I know I did I honestly I will just be honest with you. I have not talked to her. I've met her. But the fact that my name is <laughs> next to hers dude, anywhere. I don't give a shit. I'd be like, yeah, like my name's right there. She has no idea who I am. Doesn't matter to me. My name's right there, baby. Yeah, no, that's I just have to preface like I don't know her, but it's still very cool that we're on the same project together. Um totally. And the premiere of the film is actually happening in May in New York City. And I will be here in Ireland and I cannot meet Hillary Clinton. And I'm very upset about it. I'm like, do I just like cut myself out and put myself next to her and act like I was there? Yeah. That's why they invented Photoshop, obviously, for this moment in time. And like the only thing I do also know about endometriosis is because I don't know if you know Olivia Culpo. She's just a very stunning, stunning woman. And she posted about her journey. Yeah. So did you do like the surgery thingy that she did? Yes. 
Oh, you did? Yeah. So what was that like? I got a it's called a laparoscopy. Um, and they go in your stomach and your belly button and they use a little camera and they like find where all that like um, tissue oh. is and they take it out. Um, so I got it. And that the crazy thing and a lot of what the Endometriosis Foundation of America is doing is there's no imaging to see if you have endometriosis. So until right. they cut you open, you don't even know if you have it. You have to believe that you have it so much that you would pay. I paid $20,000 to get this surgery. And I'm sitting there before I go under like, God, I hope I have this thing. So right, a lot- which is just crazy to even think. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to have to pay all this. Um, totally. And so a lot of the work that they're doing is trying to get some type of research to get imaging so that you can just know before you have to go under. Most of the time, if you get to the point that you have to go under, you have it. But still, it's crazy that yeah. you don't know until you have surgery. And there's, I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. And it's, it, for some reason, like when you were saying too, when, you know, you don't know you don't know until they like cut you up and like they go in there or whatever. It's almost like it reminds me with anxiety because it's like you have to believe so hard that you have it because you're going to go to a psychiatrist and like the two of you and you can get second opinions. How you said you could go to multiple doctors for endo. You had to have so many people believe so hard that there's something wrong without like ever going in and looking at your brain and then just like take medicine and try it out or get go under for endo and like try to get it out. It's just like so crazy that there are these things that so many women struggle with that are so just really rallying together and raising awareness for it and just believing so hard and finding the knowledge because or else it's not like we can just like snap our fingers be like oh yeah like look at your nose is running you have anxiety like you know what i mean no it's really being an advocate for yourself and you have to just believe that your symptoms are telling you the truth um especially with endometriosis because it's so i mean the fact that i went to six different doctors one of which told me i had bladder cancer that was scary yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm having pain on my bladder. And they were like, uh-oh, mm. that sounds like this. And so I'm panicked about that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I had to be like, something's wrong with me. You're wrong. Tell a doctor you're wrong. This isn't normal. And go to another one and go to another one. And that was really hard. And I had um, the guy I was dating at the time, not my current boyfriend, who's an angel, even said, um, you know, I feel like you're only having problems because you keep looking for them. You know, I don't go to the doctor and I'm fine. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, why are men? Tell, yeah. Why are men? <laughs> why? Like literally sometimes I'm just like, must be nice to like wake up and like not be very worried about anything or like, any- but then their stomach hurts and it's like World War fucking three. I know, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, we literally get our period once a month and we, our stomachs hurt all the time. Like hot girls have IBS, like get involved. I love like, that that's trending now. I love that people are wearing sweatshirts I know. to say that. It's hilarious. I know, right? <laughs> I feel like really like females are really like taking our power back in, in regards to mental and physical health at this point because we're like, we deal with so much and no one talks about it yeah I can't imagine I like think about like my grandmother who like just grew up in a totally different time and I'm like all the things we have to go through and then like not being able to talk about them and pretending like nothing's happening like my boyfriend now I'm like hey it's an endo day I'm out for the day like I'm just letting you know I'm gonna be bedridden and he's like 
what can I get you? You know? <laughs> yeah, literally. Mine's more just like, hey, I'm uh, having anxiety and I'm going to be a psychopath for the next 12 hours. Don't look at me, only touch me, like physical touch and then get away. Like, I'm like, just hand, hold my hand and then don't talk to me, leave me alone. That's no, I, I have told my boyfriend before when I'm having anxiety, don't talk. <laughs> I no, was like, like if I'm having a panic attack, like, just just hold me and don't say yeah. anything because whatever you say is going to make it worse. <laughs> yeah, like whatever you say is probably going to sound like really stupid and piss me off. And like, I don't want to get angry. I'd rather just be anxious right now. So if you could just like keep your mouth shut, that'd be great. Yeah, and the real keepers heat. are the ones. Yeah, the real keepers are the ones that just hug you and shut up. Yeah. Like we should put that on a t-shirt, like hug me, shut up and hug me or something like that. That'd be good. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, my mantra. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited for everything you have in the works. You, to me, are the busiest and kindest person on the planet, which usually those two things don't go hand in hand. So just for that resume aside, you should be proud, or I'm sure your parents are. And I just am so grateful that you came on and people can just keep following and keeping up with everything that you're doing. Because if you're not following you, you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff, honestly. <laughs> like, it happens quick. Like, you're working you're working quick. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I'm really excited about that's coming out um, May 17th is my clothing line with Shine the Light On in support of NAMI. So if you go on my Instagram, I'm sure you can see it there. But 40% of the proceeds are going to NAMI for Mental Health Awareness Month. And there's, like, hoodies, crewnecks, tees. I'm wearing one right now. Um, hats, bucket hats. Um, and so that's been, like, a really fun project that I've been working on. and of course, has my mission all over it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to shop it because I can see your t-shirt right now. It's so cute <laughs> and I'm already jealous. So I will definitely be getting it. And where can everyone obviously like follow along for everything? You said your Instagram Yeah, is... at Corinne Fox. Um, also my podcast is at Am I Doing This Right? Um, and yeah, check out my the clothing line on shinethelighton.com. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on Mood. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mood. Join the community, boost your mood. This collection of shoplaurenelizabeth.com mood merch is all about how you have your best mood and your worst mood. You can't have one without the other. Life is living in the gray area. That's why the smiley face is upside down. That's why it's like, you're never perfect. There's no such thing. You have best moods. You have worst moods. We get through them together. Your face is upside down. The smiley face is so goofy and it's just like, we are the mood community. We fucking got this. We boost our moods. We get through the best. We get through the worst together. Go to shoplaurenelizabeth.com. Join the community. Buy some merch. Send me pictures. I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.